Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bolick along with my co-host, Kirsty Miles. And today we are going to talk about the top five superpowers to look for in a toy. I love that superpower thing, Kirsty. This is going to be awesome. I do too. Yeah, so because toys can have superpowers or maybe... You can have superpowers with playing with toys. I don't think that's what we're talking about. But anyway. I think it's more like what you do with the toy and what, what you get out of the toy, which kind of goes back to therapy. Yes. Yeah, it does. So, and which is what we're talking about because it's all about, in the end, it's all about physical, occupational, and speech therapy. That's what the point of this whole podcast is and helping people on various topics related to that. So we have come up with the five things that make a toy into a super toy. So, Yes. And so as Christmas is approaching, people are looking what to buy for Christmas. And a lot of times therapists get asked, what should I get my child for Christmas? All the time. Like, I, didn't, I didn't know we were on that seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we get asked all the time. All the time. Every single year since 1991, I think I've been asked that. <laughs> so, so yes. yeah, so every year. So it's been a while because, hey, look, there's a finite amount of money in the world. And, you know, when you're buying Christmas presents, you, there's so much you can buy. And so when my kids were younger and I was buying Christmas presents, I wanted to make sure I got a good bang for my buck because there's only so many bucks. And so, you know, when parents are asking me, I'm trying to be cost conscious, but yet give them a quality option or give them a good option. Which goes to our first thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> quality. <laughs> I spilled the beans, didn't you're, I? you're leading them into it. So <laughs> what's that first, what's the first thing we look for in a toy? Quality. That's got to be number one. I don't want to buy a bunch of junk, right? No, you want something that's going to last. I mean, so when Hayden and I go to Toy Fair, we are those people. When they're like, hey, this block can withstand anything, I'm like, can a child bite it? Well, let's really see. Really now? <laughs> That's Because right. I'm going to test that block and That's I'm right. going to bite it. <laughs> much <laughs> like what's going to happen in our waiting room. Much to the chagrin of the salesman who's like, you're going to bite this block? Like you got to like – you people go out in public, you know, <laughs> but, like, but you're raising a barn. Like, stop. I, just because you said, just because you, just because I said you could bite it doesn't mean I thought you would try it. But the three-year-old. Oh, I thought he said challenge and I said challenge accepted. <laughs> but because the three-year-olds don't even have to be challenged. They're like, I'm going to bite this block. And it's, if it's going to bite off, you know, and I, it was same thing with like, can you put, how easy is it to put this train thing apart and, and this train track, it, will it break apart easily? Will you put it together easily? And I'll, what if you shove the pieces together wrong? Are the pieces going to snap off? Cause you right. know, a three-year-old's going to shove these pieces together and they're going to break if it can't withstand it. Right. And then how many times can I pull back this train and make it go before it starts to wear out? Like, what's this mechanism here? How long is this going to last me? Cause I'm going to sit here and do it 50 times. <laughs> and I want to know. So, because we do. And what that. happens if you drop it on the floor? Is it done? Right. And I, how about the tile floor versus the carpeted floor? Because I'll find a tile floor and I'll drop it on that. I'm not. So, afraid. needless to say, <laughs> when we go to Toy Fair, we are assessing quality. Yes, we are. And, and sometimes they don't like that very much. But anyway. No, I, probably that guy where I bit the block is not going to no. let me back in his booth. No, he's so. probably not. He's, he's probably got your name of like uh, your. 
I have my pictures hanging up. Yeah. Like, don't let her in here. They probably have their <laughs> own, like, post office. You know, like, you walk in the post office and see those federal, you know, wanted. Like, you're probably on there, like, you're probably on the break room in there and on the court board up there. Like, don't let this check in to the any toy fair. They probably, they probably copy your picture and send it out prior to the toy fair and, like, make sure they're all their reps to know. Possibly <laughs> test toys. This is, this is not, she's not allowed in. Don't let her in. That's okay. So we are all about quality. Yep. Yes, we are. And so that's really number one. So you spend a couple extra bucks and get a little bit better quality toy than getting the very cheapest one that's made out there. You know, you, you want to make sure you're really watching the quality. It goes back to your toys that have been around for a long time have passed the quality test. I like, for example, like a simple one, like the See and Say. That's a good quality toy. It's kind of a baby toy. It'll take you all the way through age, birth to 18 months, two years kind of thing which is a good age span, but it's a good quality toy. It's been around for a long time, but just because a toy hasn't been around for a long time, it's not good quality. But you do want to look at the quality. Of- and just when we're talking about quality, another rationale for why is it's probably going to be used for more than one child, mm-hmm. especially if you're talking about a good quality toy that mm-hmm. like the CNC, that it can expand a couple of age gaps you're going to use it for more than one child. Yep. Part of what uh, PDT does every year, our big community and project and involvement is what we call our Christmas Child Project and where we work with community partners to adopt families anonymously and we provide the Christmas for all of the children that are given to us, all the children in a family, and we do their entire Christmas. So each child gets, you know, a couple bags literally full of toys. And so when Kirstie and I are deciding, okay, what toys are we going to give? Because the project has gone from like, what, five or six kids all the way to like over a hundred some years. I think last year was a hundred. I think we've done 120. That's, that's a lot of kids, by the way, but to sponsor and to do, but we do that every year as an organization. It's a ton of fun. You can look on our Christmas child website, christmaschild.org, christmaschildproject.org to see pictures and examples and stuff of what we do. But we got to think of quality because we are giving these children multiple gifts, but at the same time, they've got to be good quality and we want to make sure they're going to last. So for example, some of our 18 months to three-year-old groups, you know, like for little girls, we'll give them a stroller and a baby doll and some dishes and some food. And those are all good quality because you don't want the baby doll's head ripping off halfway Christmas morning. And we do get a lot of stuff from Melissa and Doug. They make Mm -hmm. good quality for a span of ages. To me, if I'm going to give food, I like to give the Velcro food better than most because that Velcro food is great quality. The Velcro does not wear off, does not stop working. It's great. And that Velcro food will go all the way from like a little 18 month old kiddo all the way up to age three and four. It's that's a great toy. It's a and great And you toy. know Hayden's already been to Toy Fair. She's taken that Velcro apart. She's I rubbed have. it on clothes oh, and on yes. the carpet and put that Velcro back together. I've <laughs> only a million times because I've also bought it and I've used it in therapy for years. The same Velcro food and it washes and it cleans and I can spray it with down and dry it and it does its thing <laughs> and the paint doesn't come off and oh yeah, I've done it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, so you got to look for quality. So when Kirsty and I come up with our list of things for Christmas child, we are for sure considering the quality because it's not the quantity that matters. It's the quality of stuff. Because if you get a good quality toy, then that thing will last for a long time. And so you're getting your quantity, you know? So that's one first thing that makes a toy into a superpower toy. 
So right? what's next? I think what's next is if a toy could be used for boy or girl. Now, that's not to say that every toy needs to be boy or girl toy or whatever, or that, that there shouldn't be just toys that are more focused on boys and to- certain toys are focused on girls. I think there are some things that need to be that way. But I think most toys should be able to be played gender with. gender neutral. Yeah, they could be played with either kiddo. And I don't think, you know, little boys should be like, oh, don't play with this Velcro food from Melissa and Doug or don't play with the dollhouse. And little girls, if the boy wants to play with the dollhouse and play with the dollhouse if the little girl though is like i don't you know i want to play with these army men or these i don't know dump trucks let her play with the dump truck it all works itself out in the end usually or you know what put your doll in the dump truck and take her for a ride (laughs) (laughs) hey look she's got to get there either she's got a barbie corvette or she's got a dump truck i don't care the girl girlfriend's got to get from point a to point b there's nothing wrong with the dump truck you know (laughs) so i've ridden it a lot worse so when we are looking at gender neutral toys we think a lot of like puzzles and games Mm and that's all very neutral scooters that can be a boy or girl toy that's a great toy to be able to work on like moving your body from point a to point b physical Hula hoops, playground ball. Mm, Really, any outdoor toy, in my opinion, is a girl or a boy toy. doesn't matter. Like you said, puzzles, books are all gender neutral. Coloring. The Velcro food, like if I just am on that one topic again for just a second in terms of quality, that's a boy or girl toy because boys love to like chop that food. It's a physical type of toy too. It's also great for like deep pressure and bilateral coordination. I was just getting ready to say that. It's a great toy for that. So it doesn't have, that's not necessarily like quote unquote girl toy because it makes a great noise and you can boom crash it back together again to get it to attach the melissa and doug stack blocks are great gender neutral toys too and they'll go for years and years all of those are great toys so i think number three i think you kind of mentioned it oh yeah um, would, I did. It, would it be educational so number three really is i did mention it span various ages i think a good toy is one that doesn't like oh it's only good for six months and then you're on to move on to something else like if i'm getting something for christmas or birthday i really want it to last for that whole year and Actually, a little bit longer, if at all possible. You know, mm-hmm. like the wooden railways, you know, with the uh, Thomas the Tank. Those last for years and years. And I think that's a boy or a girl toy. And it's great quality stuff. Actually, you know what? I have one down in my living room and it comes out every now and then. And I mean, we've had it for eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've passed one down from my oldest son to my youngest son. And there's a 12-year age difference. And it did not wear out. They last. They last. <laughs> you know, the Playmobil little figures, they last forever. And those are great. There's also some little parts and pieces. So you got to be careful with the ages on that one that you don't want to get it for too young. But those Playmobil little pieces or little little play people are great toys. They, they last forever. There's all kinds of different little play figures out there, but they last for a long time and you can do so much with that. So I think those are cross gender and they last, I mean, they last forever, various ages. And number four is? That would be educational. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and we're not thinking like has to teach reading, writing, mm-hmm. math. We're looking at it from a far more global perspective of really problem solving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the earliest fundamental level, because obviously we work in therapy and we do hear a lot of people, oh, I'm going to use my iPad or oh, I'm going to children get enough screen time. Yes. So we need to go back to the basics of play. We need to stack up the blocks. We need to knock them down. We need to figure out, uh oh, they fell. Let's build them back up again. You can't figure that out on an iPad. 
No. And what if your neighbor knocks the blocks down? Then you have to sort of learn how to like collaborate and cooperate with them to net. And tell them you didn't like that. Yes. And negotiate that we want to build this block up, you know, again, and you have to do it without hitting or punching your neighbor. And there's a huge social piece that goes into play. If you're just with an iPad and just with a tablet, that's individual. There is no interaction. There is no social piece to play. Yeah. And just even like playing outside with a ball and the ball starts to get deflated. Okay. You got to problem solve. So you've got a flat basketball. That's not going to bounce. You've got a problem solve. What are we going to do about this flat basketball? How are we going to pump it up? That's a huge skill that with an iPad, you just don't get. You can't do it that anymore. And it's really important, I think. You can keep are, dragging your finger and throwing it in that basket on that iPad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you're right. It's not the same. And so it's, There's no carryover to outside mm-mm. to be able to go and have any mm-mm. foot skill to play basketball, to have eye-hand coordination and depth perception to make that shot. Yeah, so I think the educational benefit doesn't necessarily mean they've got ABCs and one two threes on it or it's a shape. I mean, those are all nice and all, and that's good to have that. But a lot of educational toys, they have to teach how to do stuff <laughs> meaning well, and, just, yeah yeah just the fundamental skills of problem solving mm-hmm. um that you know if they can't get the box open yes are they going to ask for help right i mean we're now at basic levels of communication or like you know a toy and one of its pieces was missing you got to go find it you got to problem solve that to find it or to put something back together when a leg came off of a chair or whatever feel like a little fisher price house or something like that you got to be able to problem solve to put that leg to snap it back in you know if you're doing legos you got to be able to problem solve to find the green piece to make that dragon or whatever it was you were making what about the toys that you have to pack up and put away and if you don't get them in the box right you can't get the lid shut now you can't get it closed i mean think about it down the road think about how many children we see that need occupational therapy help because their backpack is a mess because everything's all shoved down in there their folders disorganized i mean this is now how they approach life or kids who have trouble still opening their own bottles of water that screw top on the water or whatever when they're 12 years old you know, because and they got 20 minutes to eat lunch at school. Right. Because they just never worked out that hand strength with whatever it was to carry that big box of toys from the, the box of Lincoln Logs from their bedroom to the den to put that Lincoln Log house together or Tinker Toy or whatever it was. You know, that develops hand strength at age five to pull that big lug block from one room to the other. That's really important. So number five is a toy that I think is really important is a toy that will take a child through the various levels of play. And play changes as a child gets older. So what works at age six months is certainly not going to work at age three. We understand that. But if you just think about a child at six months of age, you know, they got to go through sensory motor play. They have to move through, you know, cause and effect type play, and they will have to move into functional play. So you've got to have a toy that will work on the sensory motor stage of play, but then we'll also kind of move to cause and effect. So I think a lot of those toys like the ball run, I know Batat, B-A-T-T-A-T, makes a great toy that's got these balls and you put them on the top of this square rectangular looking box and you push them down and they go through this maze and they come out the bottom. It's a sensory motor toy because you can mouth the ball and the hammer and bang them together and to hear how they sound and two hands combining two toys and play. But then also as the child develops, you can put the balls up, learn to knock them down. They come out the bottom. So it moves from a sensory motor all the way to through a cause and effect type of stage or combinational really stage of play. The Melissa and Doug blocks are the same way. So, I mean, some teethers, I think every baby needs teethers and stuff to like mouth a different stage of play. But I think 
to consider also getting some toys where you can move from that sensory motor to combinational play is really super important which brings us into like functional play too. So I always talk about a child when thinking about kids when they're at more of a functional stage of play after they move to that combinational stage of play around like, you know, 18 months, two years of age, then we start moving to a more functional stage of play. And also then I also think about imaginative play because so a child at a functional stage of play is, is like using a truck the way that's intended. So like a big old dump truck, they're pushing the dump truck around and they're using their baby doll. You know, if they're a little girl with a baby doll or maybe a little boy with a baby doll too is a baby doll and they're feeding the baby doll. That's a very functional stage of play. They're using the object the way it's intended. But soon with a dump truck, say they're building up a wall of dirt and then they're pretending that this dump truck is going through a cement wall and they're crashing it down and they're putting sticks and rocks inside the dump truck and those are like things of gold or whatever so they can be a treasure on their treasure hunt. They're a pirate. Then you move from a functional stage of play to imaginative play where you're creating this imagination scenario. So you can buy toys that work for that functional stage, but it'll help you move into an imaginative stage of play. But in the course of all of that is all this movement stuff that happens also. And you could probably speak to all that better than I can. When I'm looking at across spans of play, I mean, it's so easy to do with outdoor toys because a ball is a ball and it can just go to all ages. You know, a hula hoop. You think just a stack of cones, but oh my goodness, there's so much that you can do well, I love, <laughs> with I love just those cones. cones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, we have multiple sets at the yep. house and yep. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the yard picking them up, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but we use them for all different kinds of things. So I think from when you're saying just across the spans of play, they're kids are really little and I've done this with speech therapists talk into the cone to get them to vocalize and then do something motor with it that's not what you think of when you think of like an athletic cone that goes on the ground but they think it's hilarious oh my gosh I can remember one Christmas where my niece I gave the a set of cones I think my son got a set of those cones and he was a little bit older he was like three or four but my niece was about 18 months and she was just you know walking and walking more independently and stuff and I promise you like most of christmas day that child that bless her that cone was about as big as she was she'd pick up a cone move it from one area of the room to the other area of the room and she would take go and pick up another cone and stack it up again and then she'd move them around again she was just in a very combinational stage of play and she'd like to see them combine and i guess she wanted to combine them in different areas of the room i don't really know animals under them (laughs) i don't know but the child moved one from i mean she must have walked 10 miles that day bless her little heart but she did and it was awesome you know my son was older and he was like riding his bike with them later after she gave him back. But cones are great for just what we're talking about. So they definitely take you through various levels of play and understanding. And there's all this language stuff that goes with what I just said. But the basic at the end of the day, if I'm recommending toys to a parent, I just want a toy that's going to work various ways so they can develop through play. And an iPad just doesn't let you do any of that. None. No. And when you're talking about the various levels of play, it goes back to the quality toy because they're going to have this toy for a while. So all five of our reasons are all intertwined they are so and that's really those are the things that make a toy a super toy honestly and we have tons of toys that we've talked about in other podcasts and for various reasons and how to use toys for different things and really what we said this before we'll say it again it's not about the toys about what you get from the toy which is at the end of the day what are you going to get from this toy and that's what this list is about it's not about the specific toys which you get from it but I think toys are really super important for kids and and using toys so they can move their bodies they can problem solve they can work with their neighbor they can learn to work with their neighbor they can work you know imaginative play functional play 
way. It's really important to pretend as a little kiddo. There's so much you learn through that. So electronic games, they're here to stay. Just don't forget about the toys. And just a couple of things to kind of bring it all around. We already mentioned that sometimes less is more. Yes. Quality over quantity. You know, Hayden, you and I have both done a number of home visits and some of the homes you go into, they have a playroom. It's stocked to the brim with every toy you can imagine. The child plays with none of it. Nothing. Yep. So quality over quantity. Sometimes it can get to be so much that they don't know what to play with. And, you know, sometimes we've all seen where kids play with a box better than sometimes a toy inside the box. So, you know, sometimes, um, but boxes don't last forever. But, you know, some of those like little pop tents that are really not very expensive, they do last forever. And kids love those things. Love those things. We've got some in our clinic here for a while. (laughs) Let's just say that. They've been here for a while. But they're holding up and as long as you can clean them, rock on. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So those are our five things that make a toy a super toy, right? Yes, I finally said it right. So consider those when you are buying toys, recommending toys. And buying toys for your own therapy. All right. Well, thank you, Kirstie. And thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 